0: Hello, I am Bob Mooney. I am a Bible teacher in the local body of Christ, and I have been an interim pastor of a home church for a number of years. I hope you find these Bible lessons a blessing and of practical value. This is our sixth and final lesson in studying the book of Habakkuk, and today we'll start off by reviewing lesson five. And in that lesson, we saw what starts as worry ends in worship. What starts as fear ends in faith. What starts as a problem ends in prayer and praise. As Habakkuk takes his eyes off his present circumstances and puts his focus on God, his heart and spirit soar up from the valley to the mountaintop. The same is true for us today. Yes, we all have circumstances in our lives that we need God to overcome. Some, like the people of Judah, we bring on ourselves by making wrong or selfish decisions. Some, we encounter just because we live in a fallen world. But either way, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for in Him we find redemption. The bottom line is this. As believers, we are not to live controlled by our circumstances. We are to live by our faithfulness we do this by keeping our faith and our focus on the one who controls these circumstances it is a decision we must make it is simple but not easy in our first five lessons in habakkuk we saw the prophet start in the valley he cries out to god that the circumstances in judah are not acceptable he had two complaints the first one was how much longer do we need to put up with injustice? And the second, why use a more unrighteous country to bring correction? Why, why, why? But Habakkuk does the right thing by taking his complaints to the Lord. And we have a life lesson here, that we need to put ourselves in a position to hear from God. We need to be sure we even want to hear from Him. And Habakkuk does exactly this. He stations himself where he can hear from him. We come to a second life lesson. We need to obey his instructions we receive when we do hear from him. Habakkuk also does this. The church needs to get this. When circumstances are difficult, the first place we need to go is to God. We don't need to go to our co-workers, not our friends, and Most of the time, not even to our pastors. We need to seek his heart first. And in order to do this, we need to find his sanctuary. We need to quiet our souls and our minds and make ourselves available and to listen for his still, small voice in our hearts. For this is where he'll speak to us. And when Habakkuk sought God's heart, God dropped the Babylonian bomb on him. His circumstances weren't going to improve, but they were going to worsen. But as Habakkuk focuses on God and not on his own circumstances, a miraculous thing occurs. Habakkuk's heart changes from a worrier to a worshiper. As he focuses on God and not on what he can do for him, Habakkuk becomes a contented man. So let's take a look at the last three verses in chapter 3, and the last three verses in this series, Habakkuk three seventeen through 19 Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. He enables me to tread on the heights for the director of music on my stringed instruments. Losing all could very well be a real possibility. After all, the Babylonians were coming and Habakkuk knew what they were capable of. Habakkuk came to the same place Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did in Daniel three fifteen through 18 Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what god will be able to rescue you from my hand? that you have set up. Habakkuk has the same attitude. He knows that he is able, but even if he doesn't deliver him, he will still serve God. Habakkuk becomes a contented man. He is not simply resigned to the fact that his circumstances are dire. He doesn't simply suck it up, man up, and go on with life. Habakkuk truly placed his whole heart and focus on God, not simply to get God to change his circumstances, but Habakkuk simply wanted God's heart, no matter what the outcome was to be. Habakkuk knew God would keep his promises, even if this meant losing all he owned. No matter. God was still God. Paul has this same mindset in Philippians 4, 11 and 12. And Paul writes, I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Paul had to learn to be content. The Greek word for learn is menthanou, which means to learn experientially, to learn, to be taught something is true and apply it to one's own life. Paul had to be in need and in plenty in order to learn to be content. So how could Paul and Habakkuk learn to be content in all circumstances if they never experienced them? They learned it the same way you and I do, by being in the trenches of life and facing our difficulties and by living by our faithfulness day in and day out. We need to keep our eyes focused on God and let Him raise us from the trenches to the mountain heights. In Thessalonians 5, 16, Paul gives the church some very practical advice. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always is not a suggestion, and not only done when we feel like it. It should be taken as an exhortation to be done as a way of life. Sure, there are days when we don't feel like rejoicing, but that's probably the time when we need to do it the most. It is a decision, not an emotional feeling. To pray continually. Oversimplified means to have a continual attitude of worship towards the Father. In other words, we're to stay focused on Him. Then Paul says we're to give thanks in all circumstances, not necessarily for all circumstances. Our praise and prayer and thanksgiving towards God should not waver when our circumstances in life get difficult. Is this an easy thing to do? No. It's a decision we make, and often it can be difficult to do. But if we're going to let God change us in our circumstances, it's something we must learn to do. Why should we do this? If for no other reason than this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I have found that it is a good practice that if I'm looking for God's will in some area of my life, I need to be sure that I'm rejoicing, focusing on the Father, and I'm giving thanks during the difficult times. This doesn't earn points with God, but it sure puts me in a place where I can eventually hear from him. Habakkuk, as well as Paul, understood, as the Bible Knowledge Commentary puts it, he, or in this case, they, realized that inner peace did not depend on outward prosperity. These men of God loved and served God, not for what he could do for them, but for who he is. He's God, period. In verse 19 of Habakkuk 3, heights in Hebrew means mound, stronghold, high elevation, a mound for idol worship. In ancient Middle East, altars for idols were often built on mountaintops or mounds. I understand this verse is often used, and rightfully so, to depict the idea of God taking Habakkuk, as well as those who follow his example, from the valley to the mountain heights. This is a symbol of God raising us up in victory. But as I meditated on the meaning of heights, I thought of idolatrous strongholds. As we learn to focus on God and not our circumstances, God not only raises us above them, he also gives us the strength and power to overcome the strongholds in our lives. He enables us to tread on the heights, to overcome any area in our lives that has a grip on us. It may not happen overnight. After all, this is a life process, but it will be completed. Paul writes in Philippians 1, verses 4 through 6, In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel, From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So as we end this series, I want us to take away from Habakkuk some life lessons. When the circumstances in life try and close in on us, whether national crises, which is at this time are many, or in our communities, our families, or our personal lives, In order for us to tread on the heights, we must focus on the Father. We do this by first having a relationship with His Son, Jesus Christ, and that focusing on the Father is a learned or learning experience. It is not something that is natural for our minds to concentrate on. Our natural minds want to worry, be fearful, and magnify circumstances and make them larger than they really are. We must take the time to allow our minds to settle on God. We must find His sanctuary. And if we are believers, His sanctuary is in our hearts. We must seek Him through His word and in prayer to have an an intimate relationship with Him. God is continually drawing us closer to Himself. We must make the time and the effort to invest in our relationship with Him. After all, how can we trust someone we don't know? Don't get me wrong. There are certainly circumstances in our lives that are larger than we are. Health problems, personal debt, relationship problems, not to mention the national crises. But through all of this, we must have an attitude that Habakkuk developed. We must live by our faithfulness. By our trust in God, our Father, who will lead and guide us through these difficult times, providing we keep our focus and faith on Him. We need to allow God to take us from the valley to the mountain heights. He wants to take us from being worriers to worshipers. He is waiting for us to reach up to Him. The question is, will we do it? I hope you have been blessed by this message. I would love to hear from you. You can email me at rmooney at carolina.rr.com. And thank you for listening.